the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence will shake the earth and every heart will know you are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Today, my message is entitled, Before You Vote. Oh my. <laughs> we will look at the biblical values that should motivate us to vote and should direct us on how to vote. And I won't endorse a candidate or a party, but I will ask you to think about this election maybe in a little different way than you're hearing about in the media. However, prayer is what is needed. And you know, I always like to pray in the beginning of. Uh, these messages, but I would also let, like to read something that Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt said. Uh, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer as we rise to each new day, and again when each day is spent. Let words of prayer be on our lips. And as we approach the elections and and all that goes with it, I would agree with that. Prayer should be always on our lips. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. And Lord, uh, let I pray that this message not be divisive, but informative. I pray, Lord, that it would be a biblical message. I pray that it will be a message from your heart and that I would get it right (laughs) as there are so many opinions. So Lord, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon us and upon me and upon the listeners and that we would rejoice in you always and we would pray without ceasing. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. Okay, so you know that I approach this subject with fear and intrepidation, right? (laughs) Okay. This is, uh, I'll tell you, this is a great time for rabbis to visit your congregation, and we can talk about 
appointed times and all sorts of things. So please invite us. Uh, Also, remember from last week, I mentioned that we have a reading schedule. You can read the Bible, the entire Bible in one year, or you can get a schedule that shows each week's parasha, the portions for each week to read. So if you'd like either of those, would you just let Karen know and she'll email them to you at no cost. Uh, We'd also ask that you check our website and come visit as well. And not only visit, but you can um, uh, come to our services at 730 on Friday nights, 11 on Saturday mornings. And watch us on Facebook Live if you can't come and ask some of your pre-believing Jewish friends to do so with you. Have a watch party. Amen. So uh, with any of these things, and, you know, obviously, uh, if you would like to support this program, which we would absolutely appreciate, uh, or have any questions or thoughts, call Karen. You can reach her at 813 813- Eight three one five six seven three. So it's been my desire to seek to understand before being understood. This was written by a millennial congregant uh, in their newsletter as they're on a one-year missions trip. And I was so impressed with that. It's been my desire to seek to understand before being understood. If we all had that attitude, the world would be a better place, don't you think? So I'm asking you to do that with this next series of messages. There'll be a few of them. Seek to understand before being understood. So this week's subject uh, has to do with, um, you know, a biblical approach to the elections And I know for many people that is contentious. People often disagree in the same households, definitely in the same congregations. And when they get hot, um, discussion ensues, and sometimes it goes beyond discussion. One of my young leaders had me read a book so I could better have a more balanced approach and understand the other side better because I'm so convinced that I'm right. And it was helpful. I did very much enjoy the book. Uh, I'm still kind of working on some of it, but uh, yes. And uh, just like people interpret passages in the Bible differently, biblical values and how they should influence our voting can also be seen differently. Yet both on biblical sides are believers and use the Bible as the basis of their opinions. So you can't say that one side is not a believer because they interpret it differently than you do. And when you say that, I I think that's very, very disrespectful and non-scriptural because you are judging somebody's heart, which you really don't know about. My prayer about this discussion comes out of 1 Corinthians 13.1. It says there, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And I certainly don't want to be one of those. (laughs) I would have to say that three of the four, meaning presidential and vice presidential candidates, 
most of the time, to me, sound like a clanging cymbal. Only Vice President Pence speaks a language of love while disagreeing with his opponents. Since I am not comfortable with either of the presidential candidates, what do I do? So I pray this teaching will give you some insight into how, if you feel the same way I do, will give you a clear path on how to make decisions when you're voting. And I do believe there is an extremely clear path. Can you agree with me that we are in crisis? The United States is in crisis right now. It's funny. I used the exact same verbiage four years ago. <laughs> oh, my. Second Timothy 3.1 starts out by saying, but understand this, that in the last days, hard times will come. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, hard-hearted, unforgiving, backbiting, without self-control, brutal, hating what is good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to an outward form of godliness, but denying its power. Oh, my goodness. Now, let me just mention in that list, you don't have to uh, do all those bad things <laughs> to be considered part of the scripture. I mean, just one or two of these things, and, and you, are, you are being described here, right? And then it says after that, it says, avoid these people. For among these are those who slip into the households and deceive weak women, weighed down with their sins, led away by various desires, always learning yet never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Doesn't that sound like people in this, in this time period, people are always learning? yet never able to come to the knowledge of truth. In fact, if you ask people right now, there is no truth. Truth is just based on what they think, rather than being something that never changes. Oh, well, you know, that's one of my hot buttons. All right. To be an example of this scripture, as I said, you only need one or two of these characteristics. So I kind of think we're all kind of in this somewhere. There are many difficult things going on in the world. There's terrorism. There's COVID. There's our economy. There's race relations. There's disrespect. There's division. And there's anger. But in my opinion, the greatest problems are biblical issues. So the number one greatest problem that we have, which the elections will not solve, by the way, <laughs> is unbelief. That, to me, is the greatest problem. However, there are some things that the elections will deal with, and that is, secondly, the moral confusion 
an indifference to morality. And it leads to some major problem issues. The intentional killing of babies in the womb, known as abortion. That is a major, major problem. The breakdown of the family. This is a terrible problem in our country. Gender confusion. This is also a great problem in our country. And sexual immorality. That is a terrible problem in our country. And all of this seems to be a dependence on self or dependence on government instead of a dependence on God. So we go back to the unbelief part. The things that are wrong in our country can be dealt with if we were mostly or all believers. But I do think that it's important to note that dependence on the government instead of God is also a major problem. In 1 Samuel 8, verses 4 through 7, it says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us, like all the nations. But the matter was displeasing in Samuel's eyes when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to Adonai. Then Adonai said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, rather they have rejected me from being king over them. You see, God wanted to be the king over our hearts. And he wanted to appoint people who were called by him to rule, so to speak, over us. But now what happened was that the people would get a king, just like all the other nations, because all the other nations were so successful in how they dealt with things, right? And our forefathers, as they were forming the United States, understood the frailty and the sins of man and sought to devise a government that would compensate for our shortcomings, right? This is why we should not be changing the Constitution or updating it or making it more progressive. The current authors of change do not have a God worldview. So when we were adding amendments, I think that most of the amendments were added with a God worldview. But now the people in our country, the loudest ones certainly, as well as many people in our government, do not have a God worldview. They don't care what God has said or what he wants. They are elite and think they know better. You know, they pit science against God and pit their common sense against God 
And God loses each time. So how can you trust people who don't trust God? It's hard enough to trust people who say they do trust God. (laughs) Right? I believe our forefathers heard from God. When setting up the government, they came up with something called checks and balances. Because they knew and had experienced from where they came from that too much power was no good. In fact, we see in the 1800s, Baron John Acton spoke this famous quote, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So our constitution divided the government into three branches the legislative or the Congress, the executive, meaning the president and the vice president and the cabinet and so on, and the judicial, which is the Supreme Court and other courts underneath that. And no one branch would be able to control too much power. And it created this, what is called a separation of powers, The president being responsible for implementing and enforcing the laws written by Congress. And to that end, he appoints the various heads of the federal agencies, including the cabinet. The vice president is ready to assume the presidency if the need arises. Through the legislative debate and compromise, the U.S. Congress makes laws, that's the Senate and the House, that influence our daily lives. It holds hearings to inform the legislative process and conducts investigations to oversee the executive branch and serves as a voice of the people and of the state to the federal government. Now, the Supreme Court is the final judgment as to whether things are constitution constitutional they they what they do is they determine if the laws are kosher okay maybe they don't use kosher as the word but you get the idea so but they are not all powerful its power is limited by the other two branches of the government and the president nominates the justices Just as we're seeing right now, the Senate confirms the nomination. Now, over the past 12 years, there's been a power grab by the president and by the Supreme Court because the Congress has been in gridlock. You know what gridlock is? It means they don't do very much because they're they're, they're just... They're ineffective because they're just arguing all the time, and they don't get much done. So the Supreme Court strongly affects our culture. And there are two philosophies that seem to be on the Supreme Court. Number one is they base their rulings and their laws on the Constitution. The second is to seek to update the laws because society is becoming more enlightened and our laws should reflect that enlightenment. That is called being a progressive. The Supreme Court is in front right and center right now because obviously they're trying to confirm uh, Amy Coney Barrett. 
She says she's an originalist who does not want to make laws, but rather base laws on the intent of the writers of the Constitution. So this is front and center, and we need to look at how the Supreme Court has affected our culture. Because I believe that the Supreme Court is one of the most important things you're voting for, even though you're not voting for them. (laughs) But you are voting for the president who is going to appoint the Supreme Court people. And as we see in these past three, three and a half years, how crucial this is. And I want to give you a little history of the Supreme Court and, and bring it into biblical values so that we can understand what's going on here. As I said, both presidential candidates, if I was working, if I was voting based on uh, my emotions or, or my, my love for either one of them, I probably wouldn't vote. But because of the importance as a believer in our culture should have biblical values, I have to vote. I have no choice. And I can't vote for a third party just to make a statement. I have to vote for somebody who is going to be the best, even if I don't care for either one of them. And... So let's look at some of these court decisions that have been made. Now, the first one that comes to mind is Roe versus Wade, because in in 1973, basically, they allowed abortion to become legal. And since then, over 60 million babies were aborted since 1973. Interesting enough, our current population is 330 million. So 60 million babies, about 20% of where we are now. Is that amazing? Let, here, let me give it to you in some different ways. 186 abortions per 1,000 births. How about this? In 2017, there were 862 thousand abortions. Basically 2,300 a day, about 98 an hour, one abortion every 96 seconds. Okay, does that make it more real for you? According to the CDC, 38% of all, all abortions were had black moms. So approximately 19 million abortions in the black community since 1973. 44 million current population of blacks in the United States. And 19 million abortions since 1973. 474 abortions per 1,000 live births. Wow, how has this affected our culture? I mean, I have so much, I, I haven't even begun to explain what I want to explain today, and time's up. So all I'm going to ask you is that you come visit us. That Look, if you have some questions about what I'm saying because you have problems with what I'm saying, feel free to email me, okay? You can email me at rabbi at, at um, uh, heartofmessiah.org, okay? 
We can also print you, um, email you those schedules of reading of Scripture. And once again, if you'd like to give to our program, uh, all of these things, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Oh, Lord, I just pray right now that the people who you've called by their name will humble themselves, will pray, will seek your face, and turn from their evil ways. And then you have promised to heal um, our land. You'll hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. I thank you for this. And Lord, I pray that you will be their first priority and that our listeners will grow in their desire to have a heart like your heart, the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. 